There it is. Oh, yeah! Mm hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that say, damn the Hollywood torpedoes full steam ahead. Oh, that's really good, Robert. The reason you're saying that is because this week we're discussing... Greyhound. The Grey... The... No, it really has a the. Oh, it is the, it the Greyhound? Yeah. Oh. You're going to have to trust me on this one. It does have the word the in front of it. Mm, I, yeah, I, all so right, we well... Were, Thank you we for correcting unison, me. But we no. weren't in unison. The Greyhound and uh, our top five this week is Big Ocean Pond movies. movies. No. Oh. <laughs> you're close. You're close. Uh, ocean. <laughs> ocean movies. Yes. Not Good. not Ocean's Eleven. How did you know? I actually was going to, you know, you just took oh, away yeah. one of my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think everybody saw that joke coming. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. If we sound a little different this week, it's because. Do tell. Why? Uh, we're not in the same room. We're not? No, coronavirus is really creeping up again. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm a little more protective about it nowadays. And <laughs> got a baby and a family to think of. And I just really want to protect them. And I don't know where Ira's been. And yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to protect. I'm fucking with you. I'm in Vegas. I know. We should say the truth. You're in a different state. I am. You're in Nevada. And I'm in California. <laughs> Aw, technology. <laughs> Still the same time zone, though. So, you know, same, that, same time zone. Yes. Yes. Uh, but, you know, with the powers of uh, of video conferencing being what they are and uh, and podcast recording being what it is, where you can do this remotely. So we thought wow. this week we'd do a little remote session rather than just skipping a week. We no thought do we'd that. rally. Yeah. Let's, I, let's... Truth be told, I tried and you wouldn't <laughs> let me. <laughs> you, you know, anytime you want to take the week off, we could take the That's week off. That's what you said. Pussy. However, when I, when, I, I, when I suddenly broached it, you said, eh, come on, I think we should do it. So yeah. here we are. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the three listeners in Ethiopia want this episode. <laughs> they, they subscribe to the Apple Plus app just to watch The Greyhound. <laughs> they want to know what we have to say about it. I'm sure they're, you know, furiously scratching down in the sand their, uh, their top five ocean movies and they want to share those too so you know actually truth be told our three listeners Ethiopia has been bumped down to two uh one of them uh, one of the three to died what you're saying coronavirus black no didn't die but black lives matter <laughs> the discussion that one was really really upset so we're down to two in Ethiopia I'm sure the Ethiopian people really care about the uh <laughs> BLM movement in America oh um, well it's it's global my friend it's no, global yeah yeah well, I'd say Ethiopia. I'd say that's probably where Black Lives Matter the most. I'm going to bet most of the population in Ethiopia is black. Uh, at any rate, if uh, we want to talk about some uh, some of the top five from last week. I do. I do. We got a lot of feedback, didn't we? Again, it was we Under Siege. Under Siege movies. Uh, mm -hmm. One person wrote John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct uh, 13. I mentioned that awesome to you, didn't Siege. I? Did, did you? Did I think you? I did. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, and I don't think we talked about about that movie very much and that's a really good movie it holds up yeah pretty well and it's a, a fantastic premise and i didn't see the remake um and i kind of wanted to it's always been kind of a guilty pleasure that i've been wanting to see the remake but it's a, a fantastic premise and then it actually happened you know this police station mm. that where um you know during some of the the protests recently and the, the riots that have been going on there were some police officers that were stuck in their their precinct and they had to helicopter them out 
It's pretty crazy. Wow. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. Didn't see the remake. Didn't even see the original. You want to know why? Uh, it's probably because you don't like movies. You got it. You got yeah. it. Hey, you also mentioned Enemy of the Ga- at the Gates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was said by somebody else. Uh, somebody else wrote in with movies including The Purge, Young Guns. Right, um, yeah. The ref, Young Guns. Which, wait, wait. I, where was the... Oh, there was a kind of a... There was a, a siege. siege. At, yeah, at the, the yeah. house at the end. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, this person also mentioned The Ref, which yeah. I wasn't yeah. familiar with. I Googled it. That's a Dennis guess, Leary movie. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. How about Three Amigos? He said the Three Amigos. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go Three Amigos, you might as well do the, uh, oh, come on. We, we just shout out so many actors in so many movies that I my brain can't move that fast. I got this deep Rolodex. I'm going, wait, what was the name of that movie? The one with, um, uh, why can I not think of anybody? Paul Newman hmm. and Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. Butch Cassidy, Butch Cassidy. and Sundance Kid. Yeah. Well, Hmm. At the end, anyway. The last last 10 minutes is an incredible scene. But we don't really associate the bulk of the film. It's It's more more of a chase, chase, isn't it? Right, right, fair, fair. Hey, here's our reader who likes to come up with unique ones that haven't been uh, broached before. Uh, He said the birds. Tippy had. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? That's really good. That's a really good one. The community is under siege from the birds. That's really good. He suggested Mars Attacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is this Siege movie? Now, here's a film I'm not familiar with Hotel Artemis. Jeff I don't know. Goldblum puts together a gang to put together a Siege. I'm not familiar. Hmm. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Wait a minute. Um, is that the one where he's a in the barber shop? I can't remember. I don't. I can't. I don't remember enough about this movie. Hotel mm. Artemis. Red Dawn. Yeah. 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 That's good. Avenge now, me. Ah, you remember. Here's mm-hmm. one I'm not familiar with. I, IP Man, the letter I, then the initial P. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Uh, have I seen that one? That's a Japanese film, right? Uh, I think so, yes. Yeah. On a, a true story, a man defends his town against being uh, laid waste by bandits in the Japanese army. Yes, you're right. It was a Japanese yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, also, um, we want to mention Panic Room. Somebody wrote in with that. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, the whole house is under siege with Jody, Jody Foster again. And to round this off, I'd like to acknowledge uh, the movie Under Siege, and then somebody else said Cape Fear. Ooh, yeah. that's a nice yeah, one, Yeah, that Fear. really is good. Now, The Specialist, are you familiar with that film? Yeah, with uh, Sharon Stone and, uh, and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Is it, yeah. is it James Woods in that movie, too? Probably. I don't know. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. Yeah. Executive decision and entrapment. All Those right. Those are the last two. All right. So we thank our listeners. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ira, what did you see this week? Ah, are you saying some are old, some are new? We now present. Actually, wait a minute. You? Am I jumping no, ahead? You're we... throwing us off again. I always I'm do this. Rowling, trying to go with you, and you really mess things up because you got to do. This is where you go in with the rhyme thing with news, Robert. Save the other I, for our, yeah. I, I, you want to go back and, and take it over again? Oh, that's right. You want to do a hey, retake? Well, it's too late now, but this is where you kind of just do a little thing that rhymes with news, and then I'll jump on it. Go ahead, Robert. Come on. We're all counting on you. Uh, are you sad? <laughs> do you have the blues? Yeah, we really have to work on this, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right, Robert. It's time for In the News. <laughs> all right. What do you got? 
Hey, two things I want to mention, okay? Yeah. Uh, number one, you know how I'm obsessed with The Fugitive, both as the classic TV series in the mm -hmm. 60s, and of course that nifty feature film in 1993 with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Well, it's finally out. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, actually. QB. I think we briefly spoke about this. Quibi. That Quibi is what you're thinking Qu of. Oh, am I saying it wrong? I like yeah, Quibi. Quibi. Qu uh, Quibi. These are 10-minute segments. You know about that, don't you? Right. And uh, they're doing The Fugitive with Kiefer Sutherland. However, Kiefer is not playing the good doctor. He's playing the part of the one uh, law man? enforcement. Yeah. Oh. He, no, he's not the one-armed man, but he's a law man. He's a law man. So he's one of the... Um, Do you think if Shia LaBeouf was the one-armed man that he would actually take his arm off? <laughs> yes, after what you said about getting tattooed. Yeah. Right? You mentioned yeah. he actually got tattooed for a role. Yeah. yeah. So here we have Kiefer Sutherland, who is the uh, relentless uh, uh, pursuer, and there's, there's, uh, they've done 14 episodes, 10 minutes in season one. It'll start airing within a week or two. And uh, this, again, reflects what we've been saying, Robert, about how the various lengths of films, how we were saying it could be 90 minutes, it could be four and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Well, here's an example in a miniseries that's 10 minutes long, yeah, and I guess like somebody said that if you, uh, I guess like the Quibi producers have told people if your if if your movie or your short film is ten minutes long, you better cut one frame because they will give you nine minutes fifty nine seconds and twenty four frames, and that That's is it. Funny. You don't get yeah. it's it's got to be under ten minutes, and it doesn't matter. Who you are, if you're Spielberg, if you're Scorsese, whoever it is, that that's the rule, and they're are they're not breaking that rule. No. Well, here too, and I, I think you know, I know how you're going to respond. You're going to kind of poo-poo this argument, but do you feel that this also reflects the the rapid-fire MTV generation, where we've got to be stimulated in ten minutes, and our attention span has had it? Well, I think MTV generation. I think that's from the '90s. I think now it's it's YouTube. <laughs> you know, it's it's. You're right. I'm dating myself with my reference. But, but the, the concept the is already there, and I think it's always kind of been there. Like, it, I really don't think you need that long to get your point across. The problem mm -hmm. with Quibi, and the reason why no one's watching, is that you can get all this same stuff on YouTube. I mean, you can you can publish your your film there. You can watch it. That you can distribute. All, it's all all the stuff already exists. And I think I think we're starting to get to a point where there's the saturation of. We have too many outlets. We have, I mean, you were talking about this before last week where you've got, um, you know, we've got Netflix, we've got Amazon, and then you've got now Hulu, and then HBO Max, and, and then all these other, the Peacock and all of this yeah. other stuff are coming yeah. in. And then you texted me something interesting kind of related to this. I know, I know. You're, that's a great segue into my point number two within the news. That was what good, was Robert. It? That was that was seamless. What you just did. Yeah, not now. Now that you've acknowledged it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention the Guardian is on Apple TV Plus. So you and I both got onto that. We did a what a one week trial. Is it or Guardian or the Guardian or the Greyhound. What did I say? The Guardian. The Guardian. Yeah. I meant I to say the the Greyhound. The Greyhound. I'm not sure. Yeah, what the it's Guardian. Got the, by the way, I don't know what that is either. But you know, it has the word "the" in front of it. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, but here's so we, the yep. thing. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Tell well, us about Apple, Apple Plus. Apple, yeah, so Apple TV Plus. And for it's only 
after the trial, it's $4.99 a month, which mm-hmm. is really, really reasonable. And we should say that it's yet another uh, streaming service. However, it's a little bit misleading. And I've actually read some articles that speak to what I'm about to say, because I got real pumped up and I sent you a text saying, wow, now that I've got Apple TV Plus, I've also got CBS All Access. I can watch the new Twilight Zone series. All this and so much more. So I went to the logo, clicked on that, and of course it said that I've got to sign up. I have to already sign up and pay a subscription fee for it. So it's a little bit misleading because the way I see it, Apple TV Plus is like a hub Mm. and it's going to have all these bundle I call them like umbrella apps, right. but they're not free. It's a little bit misleading that for all of these, whether whether it's uh, um, whether it's it's what Showtime or the others that we've mentioned, and they're all stars, up there, but they're empty. They're empty shells. They're empty HBO. They were all there, and I thought, my God, for nine dollars, this is great. Apple TV Plus. No, it's a means of bundling all your apps because they want to be a main hub, but you right. still have to sign up and register to have access to. Them. Well, see, that's what Amazon is doing, and Amazon has already done the same thing. Um, I remember my wife and I wanted to watch some MacGyver episodes, and we we how do we do this we we tried to go through the cbs app and it wouldn't work and so mm-hmm. she wound up going through the amazon app to get it to work so they're already kind of doing this on other interesting uh, hubs so yes. this is not a new model right right so i was reading some articles about online and some people said it's kind of misleading and stuff so for what it's worth but apple tv are you going to stick with it by the way are you going to go beyond the trial for five bucks a month I don't know. Probably not. not I just don't think there's enough there yet. Not yet. Not yet. There's going to be more original programming, but not yet. I think I'll take a deeper look at like what all they have to offer. That's a really great question as to, you know, I think they're, they're using Greyhound to hook some people, you know, and I think that's, that's the purpose of, okay, we're, we're, we're offering this movie. uh, And the only way you can see it is by going through this service. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only way you can see it is to go through this service. And so is it, is it worth it to, to continue? And I think a lot of people would just say, yeah, fuck it. $5. Who cares? I don't know. I think after a while this starts to add up, you know, you start adding up your Netflix and Amazon, Hulu, all of these things just start. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're, you're paying like $150 to all these different subscription I know. services. I know. At any rate, Look how excited I was the other night that, wow, now I can watch the new Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. And when I clicked on the icon, of course, I had to sign up and register and pay a fee. So there what's you go. Your, anyway. what, what's your cable bill? Do you know how much you pay per month on I cable? I do. For like, well, my DirecTV, it's, it's a lot because I do have HBO and Stars and Showtime. I'm paying like almost 180 a month. 180 a month? Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot, and I've been having talks with a few friends that maybe I should, I don't need, I'm finding that I'm not watching HBO or Stars or Showtime, that obviously Amazon Prime and Netflix is, is taking that need away from me. Mm-hmm. So I think I can strip down my cable bill significantly by getting rid of all those extra channels I just don't watch. I just think like so many of the, the must-see TV kind of uh, experiences have gone away because you know, yes. we had somebody that came in and was t- telling us about a TV show that was on the Apple 
um, the what's the the Good Morning or whatever the the oh no you're right that is on Apple TV Plus right yeah yes you're talking about the sexism that went on that with on Reese Witherspoon right yes 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 and it, it's kind of like oh that seems late like something night? I think it's late night or something like that go ahead but we're I mean look at us we're we're kind of struggling to keep track of that plus all these other movies and everybody's promoting there's just too much stuff out yeah, there's right. just too much content whereas yes it seems. I mean, before, back in like the even 70s and 80s, there weren't that many films. There were only three channels. And then maybe you had like, do you remember Z Channel? I or do. Or HBO? I mean, you remember Z? Right. Oh, that's when pay TV. Right. And we, they had but a cable box on top of the TV for Z. That was the thing for a while. Right. And, huh. and so if you had Z Channel and, and like maybe, maybe early HBO. And maybe some possibly some early cable stuff, but that was just like really weird programming back in the 70s and 80s. And I think right. that was kind of the heyday because you could still, you could be part of the zeitgeist, but you could also find some off the beaten path kind of films that were right. weird and quirky and, and, and fill that niche. Now it's just kind of like, I, I don't even know. You just kind of have to know what to watch. And I, I think there's a problem with that. I think we want to, we want this community. We want to share. And now you have to be hooked into a podcast like ours or somebody else in order to kind of share these discussions. I mean, take note that the five, the top five that we usually bring up are usually films from the seventies or eighties uh, or nineties, because that's when there were right. still these shared community experiences. And I think a lot of films since then have kind of um, deviated. Not everybody has seen that film or this film. Right. Anyway. Right. But you're right, because I actually Googled a question about what original programming, original content is on Apple TV+. And you were right with the Reese Witherspoon. What's called? Maybe it's called The Late Show. Something like that, okay? And it's got a great cast. It's been getting great reviews. I've never seen it. But there's a few new stuff at this point in time on Apple TV+. But there's Well, to be fair, you haven't seen it because you don't like movies. That's I hate movies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my experience with Apple TV Plus, but I'm kind of excited about the fugitive in you know in ten minute or as you said nine minute and fifty nine second installments, fourteen episodes. We'll see. We'll see what that's well, all about. And that brings me back to the whole point that I was making of why I was trying to go off on this tangent is that I think Quibi, it's we've hit a saturation level, and I think Quibi is one more thing to subscribe to, and I, I don't think very many people have room on their plate for it. You know, it's know. like going to the buffet and you've taken, you know, 16 crab legs and, and you've got I a know. plate full of mashed potatoes, a salad, a dinner roll. And then you know, somebody else says, hey, do you want the, the roast beef? And you're going, I don't have room. It's going to fall off. So. I know. Oh, and we forgot to add one of the new streaming services, Disney, right? right. Disney right. Plus. That's yet another one. And that's getting a lot of buzz because they're showing Hamilton, right? Right. With so that's getting a lot of push as well. And again, NBC now has Peacock. Clever name, by the way. Clever name for the app. But uh, it's reaching a saturation point, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. And it's also frustrating because they're they're doing shit where they're editing old series and movies and mm -hmm. things like that. That's it's you know taking out certain episodes, and then that makes you really just want to go back and get the DVDs so that you can watch the episodes that have been cut out. Right. I, it's a problem to do that. I think when you when you say, oh, we're going to eliminate this episode or this, um, you know, this this segment from the from that episode or, or TV show or movie, 
when you do that, it only makes people more curious about what's being held from them. <laughs> it's, you're making it a secret and you draw more attention to that episode. Yeah, yeah. Just don't say anything. Just let yeah. it go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so there you have it. That's all I got for In the News. Hey, what'd you see news, this week? News, 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 news. Maybe we could have like a reverberation little echo thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> ah, what did we see? Got to tell you, unfortunately, must following. No, that's following people. Oh my gosh! So I can't remember what new. We now present the weekend review. But Robert, you're supposed to do the lead-in with our sponsor first. Here, here's the problem. I can never yeah, remember which me. segment we're going to next, and you can never yeah, remember the intro. <laughs> <laughs> But we can remember our sponsor, yes. and our sponsor is avgearguy.com. Avgearguy.com, he has over 30 years of experience in the business, and he will not forget to transfer all of your uh, non-digital media into digital media. So if you've got, uh, if you've got old slides, old negatives, old uh, high 8, super 8 films, any sort of uh, you know, um, v VHX or, uh, or Betamax movies, anything like that that you need transferred over into a digital media so you can share it over email or put it up on, uh, on Dropbox and, and give it to grandma or something like that because you know grandma's into Dropbox so she can <laughs> download all that stuff. Anyway, if you need to do that, avgearguy.com. Her, her, her box dropped. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely dropped. <laughs> Anyway, AV Gear Guy can help you with your grandma's Dropbox. There you go. There you go. We have no, What's great here is that both Robert and myself are, are clients of his. He's a terrific guy. He's great to work with. He's extremely detailed-oriented. His prices are extremely reasonable, more inexpensive than Costco. He runs specials. Like him on Facebook. He runs these deals every now and then. And if you just mention our podcast, Antiwave, you get a 5% discount off of his price list avgearguy.com okay i'm going to be anticlimactic i just watched some uh, macgyver episodes this week you know i was talking earlier about uh watching tv i haven't had a chance to watch any movies um i've been just totally slammed um i think i talked last week about an, an incredible movie oh no i didn't i was telling you privately about this Oh yes, I did watch a really, really incredible movie this week, but I'm not going to mention it right now because I want to pull it out for my birthday week. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that movie in a couple of weeks. So yeah, uh, I want to put that on hold. I did watch some MacGyver episodes. My my wife had never seen MacGyver, and so I said, "Oh, we gotta we gotta watch a few." And so I bust out a few old MacGyver episodes. We tried watching some of the newer MacGyver, and it was just. I don't know, same kind of cheesy writing, but just not enough charisma to pull it off. I don't like these shows where everybody's super good looking. I think I've mentioned that a few times where everyone's mm. and every every single time they're always sweaty and out of breath like they just had sex. Like they're we gotta get out of here. They're just constantly doing that. Hmm. Have you noticed that? They're very breathy. No, I really haven't noticed that. However, were you a fan of the show when it was first? Oh Long, yeah, when it was first aired. yeah, yeah. But did it lose some of its? Did well, it look I mean, cheesy and no. dated? It, it, okay, it is cheesy and dated. Of course, you knew that even then. I mean, he was rocking the sure. mullet for <laughs> half the weird. episode. Yeah. Not even I'm the majority of the episodes. But there is a certain kind of charm to it. Um, it's and and not just for nostalgia's sake. Not not just because uh, you might have seen it in the '80s. But I think if you watch it, you go, okay, this is definitely part of the '80s. But there's some good filmmaking that's going on, and there's some really good tension. Even the pilot episode is pretty good. 
I mean, again, remember that in the 1980s, these kinds of TV shows were set up to be a, um, like, you, know, you check in with the character and they're kind of always getting into the same adventure every single time. So it's not like it's, um, you're not, you're not checking in for some sort of brand new storyline. It's not like Breaking Bad. Right. It's not like uh, 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 The Sopranos or, or The Wire or something like that, where there's this kind of continual storyline and this thread that you need to follow. Right. It's just him going on the same adventure every week. But there's some really good quality to it. I think they made it really well. Produced by, do you know who it was produced by? No. no. Henry Winkler. No. The he Fonz. produced it? Yeah. Really? He executive produced it, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's not talking to Tom. Did you know that's a <laughs> myth? That. I just found that out. What? You yes. brought, we brought this up weeks ago. Is I, it really, really a myth? Tell us. It's, tell us. It's a myth. So, <laughs> I, and I knew it. I was like, that's so fucked up. That's it didn't so make weird. any sense. The okay, two so, nicest guys in Hollywood. Go ahead. Right. So let's kind of clue people in the case they didn't hear the previous Please, episode. Yes. There's this rumor that's going around that apparently Henry Winkler and Tom Hanks do not like each other. And I guess it stemmed from uh, Turner and Hooch because right. Henry that's Winkler right. um, was fired from directing that movie. Directing. And, that's right. And he was asked about it and he said, well, let's just say I got along better with Hooch than I did with Turner, you know, and that was something to that effect. Basically, he liked the dog more than um, than Tom Hanks. And I guess that that rumor kind of got picked up and spread around. And recently, Henry Winkler came out and said, no, not at all. We, you know, I, I don't have any animosity toward him. He's great. And when he won, I guess he was at some, oh, it was like an Emmy or the Golden Globes or something, and Tom Hanks won, and they cut to uh, Henry Winkler. And there's... Henry Winkler just has the straight face of just like, mm-hmm. And it kind of exacerbated that rumor that they had right, this feud. Right. And apparently Henry Winkler was like, oh, no, I was super happy for him. And I congratulated him later or something like that. So apparently the feud is not as uh, as real as we, people would have us believe. Now, here's the Ira question. Mm. Do you find comfort and solace in knowing that to be true? Or is part of you a little bit disappointed? Both. I know. I mean, I know. I, I, yeah. it'd be kind of interesting because it's such a weird, quirky concept for those two to not like each other. But it also makes me feel like, well, all is right in the world then. You know, it just yeah, makes, exactly. makes more it is sense. Both. Yeah, yeah, it's comfort. You get solace. Right. But at the same time, oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun to think about the two nicest guys in Hollywood. I remember you just months ago you had mentioned that. Well, yeah, that kind of belongs in, in the news, doesn't it? I guess. <laughs> What'd you see this week? So that, okay, so what I saw, I was kind of a busy guy. Here's what I saw. Number one, walking the halls, like halls, hallways in a school. This is a lifetime film, and it's about a um, a hot high school teacher and um, and actually the students. I'm sorry, the high school who they become prostitutes. <laughs> of course they do. That's it. Of course they do. So as I like to say, the movie served its purpose well. However, I like that you to... always begin with the soft, soft core <laughs> I, porn. Yeah, have you noticed that? There's oh, a pattern. Yes, I've noticed. Not only a pattern, there's an order to my things. I like to start with the soft core titillating movies, and then I get to a couple of the more serious ones. But I also saw something called Before the Dawn. Now that's about a hot blonde female teacher who fucks one of her students. I liked it. And the most important thing, it was distributed by 
That's right. Indie rights. Mm. How about that? Yeah. Now, did you, you know, they, did, did you what? find it as an indie rights film? Like, did you no. search no. through? Oh, I just happened yeah, to stumble it into just, it. It just came up on its own. And of course, it had the indie rights logo at the very beginning. And we should say that they also did our film, 30 Love. Oh, did you know that you can go to 30lovefilm.com and purchase the DVD or Blu-ray? It's available? Yeah, and you can actually get really? over three hours of bonus features. There's bonus stuff like outtakes, deleted scenes, alternate endings. Gag reel, director's commentary, <laughs> all of that stuff. So and, we can like talk for three more hours. And is there like any kind of discount? No. <laughs> we don't, we yes, don't get discounts. Oh, yes, yes. The, the, there is a discount. For people who type in Antiwave, which is the name of this yeah. podcast, you can yeah. get 10% off. Got it. Okay, that was good. That was another smooth of us. Hey, I also saw Casino. I had that on the background. You know oh. what? I, I agree with you. Of the of all the um, Robert uh, De Niro, this was like one of my favorites. I like that movie a lot. It's really I just like it's Sharon it's unsung. Stone, it is underappreciated, and Sharon Stone was damn good in that film. Yeah, she it's was one of the really few, convincing. It's one of the few times that she's really good. She tends to overact yeah. quite a bit. Yes, um, but she's really good in that film. And I mean, yeah. De Niro's great in that movie. Joe Pesci is great in that movie. James Woods great. is great in that movie. Everybody's great. Hey, let's not forget that our favorite Mr. Wonderful is also in it. Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's Don really Rickles. good, too. And you know what? He's really good. I mean, he's good. He, he plays against the type. You know, he plays a little more yeah. Yeah, humble. Yeah, he's more of a humble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice guy. Yeah, you're right. So I had that on in the background. One more too that I mentioned that I had in the background. White Men Can't Jump. Robert, I forgot how fucking good that movie is. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. With Woody and Wesley and Rosie. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Woody Harrelson, Wesley uh, Snipes, and, uh, of course, Rosie Perez. All three of them were terrific. And that whole sequence on Jeopardy, where she, I just forgot a lot about that movie. Foods that begin wonderful. with Q. Yes. You remember that. Of course. One more. One more. And I'll put this to rest. Uh, it's a movie that I f stumbled upon, and I wonder if you've ever heard of it. Under the Skin. Is this Scarlett the, uh, the Scarlett Johansson? Yes, it was yeah, cool yes. and trippy. Robert, you know about 2013? You, you've seen it, yes? Where she walks into the black void and stuff? Yes. Oh, man, yes. the movie's trippy. It's awesome. She, it's a real trippy, awesome film where she's an alien. She's like An alien. Men. She's like driving, yeah. was it Ireland? But she's driving yes. around and like killing yes. men and yes. just kind of consuming them. What a weird film for her. What a odd choice for her to have made mm -hmm. in 2013. I liked I mean, it. At the point where she could pretty much do whatever film she wanted, I really That's respect right. the fact that she's making some of those I kinds do of too. choices. I do too. And again, this is only, what, six, seven years ago. Right. Where she was, she was still a proven commodity. Yet she did this odd, quirky little film, Under the Skin. That's what I saw this week. Uh, before we move on, I just do want to point out uh, here's an article from Vanity Fair from earlier this year. Winkler and Hanks have not worked together since those fateful days on Turner and Hooch, but Winkler claimed that he would love to collaborate with Hanks and even took a picture with him recently. We did that. He's, it says, quote, we did that at, I believe we did that at Bruno Mars's concert, unquote. Wow. So apparently wow. They, um, they, they, they're not enemies. 
which is sad Damn. and relieving. If I know it's both. It's both. Um, I just noticed something. What? I feel I'm going to apologize to you and all of our listeners. Even you didn't buy it when I said at the beginning of this podcast, Robert Greyhound does not have the word the. I knew it. You knew it. You knew it. I could feel that you were. Ah, oh, come on. I you know. And here I have it in front of me. And I don't know where that came from, but there's no the. It's just you sounded so sure of yourself. Yeah, whatever. What the fuck do I know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, why should I listen to you? You don't like movies. That's right. But it's just Greyhound. So please forgive me, all of our listeners. I humbly apologize. You don't have to wait till next week to put that in the news. I know, and you know me. I would have put that in next week's in the news. It doesn't even belong in in the news, but that's where I've been lumping them. Anyway, I had to correct myself. Okay. You want you want to talk about Greyhound? And Robert, talk us through it. Uh, this is probably one of the easiest films to describe because uh, it's uh, it's fairly repetitive. This is the story of a um, I'll say. <laughs> of of Greyhound, which was the codename for a, um, a U.S. Navy vessel who is charged with protecting a uh, a cargo and envoys. What it is the the a group of cargo ships that are crossing the Atlantic and they're being right. attacked by a series of U-boats. And uh, Greyhound is kind of the head boat and, and being helmed by Tom Hanks's character. And this is the first time he's ever crossed the Atlantic in, protect, in protection of these uh, cargo ships. We should point out if you're a World War II buff, you might know this, that U-boats were frequently attacking uh, cargo ships that were bringing supplies, fuel, things like that to, uh, to the Allied powers during World War II. That was a, a big part of, of the war effort. So at any rate... Greyhound protects everybody, and they're uh, constantly running around from from starboard to port, looking for uh, you know torpedoes and U-boats, and trying to kill everybody. That's it. That's it. That that's it. That's it. And do and that so, uh, repeatedly for ninety minutes. I'll say. <laughs> I, I think just on the basis of what, yeah, yeah, I think that alone is going to suggesting suggesting how we felt about it. Yeah. And so. What did you think? I liked it. This was really repetitive. I liked it. It was okay. I mean, it was good. It was just kind of... Uh, th- this is very repetitive. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like... You know what it is? It, this is like... This is like a, a bad pizza. You, you can't be too angry at it. Um, you know, or or like a a candy bar that's like... <laughs> It's like shitty chocolate, but it's like ah, somebody gave it to me. All right, fuck. Yeah. this is the this is the Three Musketeers bar in in your Halloween bag. You know, you open up and you're like, I'm not angry at you, but like, you couldn't go to a Snickers or Reese's cup or something. Like, you got to do a. I love your right, analogies. Fine. I love your analogies. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh boy, do I ever! So this is the yeah. Three Musketeers bar of movies. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? I thought it was. It sounds like you hated it. Not hate, but I was sure disappointed with with Greyhound. By the way, it has no the in front of it. Yeah, I heard um, that. I know we're going to get to this, and surely we're going to compare it to the other major war film with some superstars that was streaming the, the previous week, The Outpost. And I know this is going to come up about which movie did you like more. I certainly liked The Outpost more. Yeah, I agree. I assume you did. I think it had a cool beginning. They didn't waste any time. It sure jumped right into it. Robert, there were beats that I liked, like the old instruments and how they track and navigate, mm-hmm. you know, with a protractor and a triangle. It was just kind of cool seeing all that stuff. But it was, um, 
it was it was it it just went it yeah you know, like a candy bar. I, I think I I think I know some of the problems with this movie. If you were alive during that time and you were on one of those boats, you love this movie. This is yeah. um, outstanding. The problem is if you haven't been on one of those. M- on one of those ships, I shouldn't even call them boats. They're more than just boats. But if you if you haven't been on one of those vessels, then you aren't as familiar with where things are. I mean, where the radar um, the, the radar operator sits is right. clearly right. not in the in the brig like with everybody else. So right. Right. where are they? And that's a problem with the direction in this movie. Is you're basically you're on this giant ship, and we don't really know where mm, anything is. You got it. And, it, you got and it. I think that's a problem. The staging and the, and the that's a sense of direction. We we can't really figure out where where things are, and it all looks very similar. So mm-hmm. I think that's a Jump problem. It, yes, and jumping on the heels of what you're saying, I thought the movie was claustrophobic, and it yes. didn't have to be because they were on a large. It felt like they were on a submarine. It felt like they were. It, it, like in Das Boot, it had that feeling. Everything was so confined. Well, I think that's, in reality, that's the reality of how they were doing. It. You don't think so? You well, said in reality what? Oh re- no! In the they're on a large ship, and I didn't have that feel of expansiveness because the bulk of the movie was in these confining, tight, small rooms. Yeah, I, I get that. Feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know what you mean, but I think. I think that is kind of the way that they're built, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. reality. Like they, it is these tight, conf- small rooms that kind of add up together to be this giant ship. And each room has its own little specialty. I mean, what's cool about this film is it really did give you a sense of how each person had their own role to play. I mean, there's one, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the captain is calling out a few different calls, and there's one person, there's a great scene where, um, a person is supposed to relay. I'm not sure the the name of that position, but he relays that information to, un, like the radar operator and other people. He's wearing a special headgear so that he can hear uh, what other people are saying and kind of be the messenger back and forth between the other operators. Well, he sneezes at a certain point, a very critical moment where they're waiting for information, and it delays. You know, how long does it take to sneeze? Ten seconds. And they kind of give him this look of like, if you can't do this, you know, we'll get somebody right. who can. Right. And right. you're jeopardizing all of our lives right now right. by by you sneezing and delaying, and, and we there's no time for that. And I, I like that. Sneeze again, you're going to be relieved. He said that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Second sneeze, and you're going to be relieved from your position. Yeah. And you know, that's a really cool element. And the the what was amazing to me, and this, I might already be getting into my money shots for this film, but how quickly all of the operators were able to do math you know and the captain says all right well yes what's what's it going to be like if we did this how long will it be if we get there from where we are now and they're going hang on and they're basically having to figure out all of this stuff that i'm sure now computers do and you know satellites are triangulating but it almost feels like they're almost as fast as the computers i mean they're basically doing all this math on the fly right and right really impressively yes that was interesting you know Here's the deal as far as character that, and I, again, I, I did some research on this film. That was obvi- it was based on the novel, which is called The Good Shepherd, which is mm-hmm. actually a clever title, Good yeah. Shepherd. Um, that the captain, that Tom Hanks's character was uh, 
a tortured soul. Mm. But we didn't know what was going on with him. Mm. His feet were hurting. His feet were hurting. And uh, obviously novels can do that. They can dig deep and get inside the character and what's going on emotionally and all that. And I felt like, well, what is going on with Tom Hanks's character? Why is he tortured? And I just felt like it was just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't have to arc, but I didn't get anything out of it. I didn't understand what the deal was with him, his inner demons, his his soul. Something was going on, and I didn't know what it was. Can, I don't. Can you I don't. Yeah, I, can, I can't appreciate that. I don't mind the mystery, mm. though, as long as I care about the character. And I felt like, mm. I felt like that the the film was relying too much on us connecting with Tom Hanks and not the character. Yes. And it was a little bit more of like, oh, this is Tom Hanks doing that. And I yes. actually think they miscast it. I think they should not have had Tom Hanks there. And even a no-name actor might have been a little better. Even mm-hmm. if it had been the same performance, I think we might have, um, we could have put some of that, um, what you're describing, that kind of tortured soul, we could have put that emotion on the on the character a little bit better. If it had been Tom Hardy, even, I think we would have said, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's got these demons, and he's mysterious, and, and okay, yeah, that's that's why he's doing that. this. I, I, I get it now. He's tortured. But Tom Hanks just doesn't come across as a tortured soul. Agreed. Agreed. By the way, Tom wrote the screenplay. You knew that. That is Yes. So yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that's still the problem, though. Tom Hanks really should have removed himself from I agree. the film. I agree. Yeah. By the way, I didn't even realize his son was in it. Chet Chet Hanks had a part in the film when he was in the movie. You know what really bothered me about this movie? Really, like it shouldn't bother me, but it it did. What? What? What do you think? I know what you're gonna say. No, you don't. Do you? Yes, I do. You ready? You ready? If you can nail this, I'll be so impressed. What was up with the food? Uh, no, no, that's not it. Okay, all right, we'll get to that point. But go ahead, go ahead. What was up with? The food. No. Oh, what was no. it? <laughs> Elizabeth Shue's character? Yes. No. Yes. yes. Robert. Robert. She had no purpose. She had no. She should not have been there. By the way, she's in the film for like all of three minutes in two scenes, I think, for three minutes, probably one day shoot, and that was it. Yet she got high billing. And what was the purpose of that? Sorry, I don't mean to jump on this. I I'll tell you what the purpose was. Tell I'll me. Tell you yeah, what to have a love interest. Well, really, the purpose was because they didn't. They want woke points. They want to to come across as we didn't make a film without women in it. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, woke. Well, I love that term. Stop. You don't need yeah. that. And of course, yeah. they even had to make sure that they put black people in the film. Well, I want to. Yes, I want to talk about. And that. I think they did that because, I mean, and they made like the captain care very much about this cook who really cared about him they tried to really bulk up that that characterization and that connection between them i don't know if it's actually true or not but it really felt like this was a product of its times you know what i mean like because of all of this uh left-leaning protests of blm and, and gender and everything else i feel like they're doing that in the film in order to not be ripped in the headlines of uh, not having any black people in a film or not having any women in the film, when in reality, there probably weren't very many... There were no women no. in the story. It would be like, well, what the fuck's a woman doing here? They weren't there. And the black people probably were in those roles, but probably not like best friends with the captain. 
Right. Well, I want to take what you're saying and just look at it from a different perspective, that I kind of admire this film because it did not have black actors on right. board the ship. And I thought, well, that's good. It's kind of, Remember we were praising Ford versus Ferrari for that same reason? Yes. That it was realistic, that it was realistic. And I was actually complimenting this film on that same point, that it was a, a cook. And I think it was fairly accurate for that time period. Well, I think it's disingenuous. I mean, I think that you betray your own base if you do that. Right. Like the the right. people that would go see this film are people who are military nuts. You know, they're people who really enjoy action films, especially military war films. Those are not the, the people that are out there protesting in Portland and, and Seattle right now. Right. 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 Those are people that are, um, you know, like military vets and people that really understand military history. And if you put a black person or a woman in the, the brig of a World War II ship, I think you're going to have a lot of people going, this movie sucks. I couldn't get right. past that. Right, right, right. So, so they, they kind of shoehorn like them in where they can. Yeah, yeah, and they did. They shoehorned it where they, where they could as the cook. It was like a cook and a, it was like a server, kind of almost like a right. wait, bringing him his food and so on. But the, the thing with Elizabeth Shue, who's certainly a proven actress, and I thought that was, what, what we learned about Tom, that it, it was a flashback, and he proposes to her, and she says, no, uh, there's a war so maybe that was part of his angst. I don't know. Didn't I don't need know, but it, it was, at didn't all. Didn't need it at all. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, if you want to watch this movie, just fast forward about 10 minutes in. You're good. The movie was saying the same thing over. You felt it was highly repetitive, right? Extremely. It was a short movie. It's like 90 minutes. And like, okay, we get it already. You know, we get it already. We get it already. And it was just like one episode. that It's all saying the same thing. And then it ends. Right. And the ending was kind of anticlimactic as well. It was kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, we we got him, I guess. We're done now. Yeah. And it yeah. was a little yeah. like, really? I mean, this I didn't think this is a bad movie. No, I didn't. The Three either. Musketeers, you know, it's the same kind of, same thing I've already said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have another bite of that candy bar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's exactly, that's exactly what. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it was, um, I did not dislike it intensely but i was disappointed with it i was already i thought for a really cool world war ii movie but, yeah um, same here mm -hmm. yeah yeah Any um money shots yeah i think what for me got? i would want the money shots for me uh, certainly all the shots of him standing out on the uh, again i'm not sure of the the technical term but the little balcony ledge right outside the the main brig there at the mm -hmm. i keep saying brig and i don't think that's appropriate i think brig is isn't it the jail yeah yeah the brig. brig's the wrong word yeah the bridge i think it's the bridge. bridge that's what you call it. that's what i'm trying to say but along the, the railing yes but the <laughs> uh, you know kind of looking out but that's a shot that's repeated a lot what's yeah. really impressive to me what really stuck out in my mind is them using the grease pencils on these light up yes. boards yes and the way they shot that was really kind of very, it just, you felt like you were a member of the team. And yes. they even shot it from some very clever angles that made you, they're really POV angles from someone else who would be sitting there watching, you know, uh, Lieutenant Stevens or whatever, write something down. I guess he's a, in the Navy, wouldn't be a lieutenant. But anyway, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, that that really stuck out in my mind. And, uh, and I'll, that will stay with me. Those are really interesting moments but those guys that were down there were really 
doing this math, and if your math is wrong, everybody dies. Right. You really right. think about that for a minute of like high pressure situations, and you got to be right, and you just can't fuck up. What about you? Yeah. I thought that the burial at sea sequence was quite powerful. Oh, yeah. I that forgot about just, it. You forgot about, oh, it shows how powerful you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Huh? You forgot? Yeah. And even the one bag, the guy who was kind of mutilated, remember mm-hmm. that? And his bag was sticking and didn't really slide into the water. All the others went in smoothly, but his didn't. It was just, it was quite a, a sequence, the burial. I've never seen it like that. And I guess it was accurate that, you know, everyone is, oh, they're all out and, mm-hmm on board the ship on deck and it was uh, a powerful sequence for me and then the other two is the special effects with the torpedoes coming at Tom. yeah that was pretty cool yeah yeah so those are a couple of my money shots hmm. anti-wave can i help can i help yeah a please I, I can't really uh, think does does the protagonist succeed? Yeah. Yes. Tom is the protagonist, or the I mean, the boat. I I feel like this is, it's not really anti-wave. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm just feeling like this is pretty typical Hollywood. I mean, even kind of the big music and the adventure. I don't know. It doesn't. I, th- I think maybe the fact that there's it's all uh, battle, you know, it's like one big kind of battle sequence essentially, that makes it a little anti-wave. Um, mm-hmm. There's no strong female love interest other than in the first three or five minutes. Although the fact that there is this three to five minutes of the movie that has is there, <laughs> maybe that negates my whole point. So. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm feeling like this is you're pretty low 3. on the anti scale. You're going 3.5. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to say yep. 3. Yeah, yeah. What Agreed. do you think? No, I have the same thing. Yeah. Uh, protagonist gets what he wants at the end, even though he's got his demons. That last shot, you know, where he gets in his cot and right. tries to fall asleep. Yeah. Get me my slippers. I really felt like this was going to be more anti-wave. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I don't know. Uh, it, it's not a bad movie. Um, it's if, not a bad if movie. If you like these kinds of movies, you'll you'll enjoy it. Uh, no. I don't think it, it's going to be anybody's favorite movie, but it, no. uh, it's worth watching. You know, check it out if you get a chance. I don't know if it's. You know what? If you haven't subscribed to the Apple TV Plus streaming app extravaganza or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> hold <laughs> off on it until there's something else that you want to watch because it's not worth wasting your seven-day free trial over this movie yeah you're right we did it good point you shouldn't have to so if you're listening to this review um check it out when you subscribe over something else yeah 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 so there's that there we have it good ira yes who died this week? Now, to tell you, unfortunately, must the following people, they didn't turn to dust. We want to acknowledge the following people, last seven days in the entertainment industry, who had passed away. Uh-huh. Annie Ross, 89-year-old British-American jazz singer and an actress. She, she was in Superman 3. I'm sorry. <laughs> she did other, she, I know. <laughs> she, was, she did other films. Was that the one with Richard Pop- Pryor? Oh, was that the one? Oh, that was a really embarrassing one. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, she was. was in it. Yeah. Pump up the volume. Remember oh, that, that was good. Was in that? It was good. And she was also in The Player 
and she was playing herself. However, I don't know who she was. So in the player, that would that reference went over my head. Mm, we should uh, put the player on the vault. Yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while. That would be great to see again also. also want to mention, you familiar with John Saxon, the actor? Yeah. He did a lot. He did a lot of stuff, almost like a character actor, uh, American, 83 years old. And he did a lot of horror movies and also some uh, martial arts films, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, he did right. Dragon, right, 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 yeah. Joe Kidd. He was also in uh, The Electric Horseman. And, and he's also in From Dust Till Dawn. So, again, he did those horror-type movies. And uh, character actor, he has a lot. Google him. He's done a lot of stuff. He died of pneumonia. He's also got he, one of those faces that when you see it, you go, oh, that guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Uh, and then we want to slip into the corners. Uh, the corners, corner. Silver Spotlight Award goes to someone... Who is not known for movies? Reg. Oh. Regis Philbin. And this one, you know, this one really hurts. Uh, 88 years old, American entertainer, television personality. I remember him, Robert, from the Joey Bishop show. And then, of course, live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And he hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I want to say that he's, as a media personality, actor, singer, known for the talk shows, game shows. And he's got this statistic in the Guinness Book of Records that he has most hours of U.S. television than any other person. Um, and he was very witty with his New York accent and irreverent comments. And I loved him when he was on the David Letterman show, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And did he do movies? Mm, kind of. He was in some documentaries. There was a documentary on Don Rickles. He was interviewed. And in other films, he played himself, movies like Cheaper by the Dozen. Okay, but not really a movie actor, but I had to mention him. And by the way, a personal account, at the gym, it was called Vic Tanny's. That was a big gym out here in Southern California. Uh, I saw his balls <laughs> in the locker room. In the locker room. Yeah. Wow. So even though Did he you lick him? Known, <laughs> I went down on him. It was a magnificent. If you lick them, then they belong to you. They belong. Uh, and that's, even though he didn't do any wait, movies, I wanted to give him Ira, the Silver Spotlight Award. What? Ira, I, I, I think you might have fucked yeah. the list up here a little bit. Oh, wait, bit. you're right. I'm sorry. Wait, forgive me. God, this is my second blunder, my second faux pas, if you will. The yeah, coveted. I, I, I think there's someone pretty notable. Yes, there is. The who's coveted, died this the week. The coveted Silver Screen Spotlight Award goes to a legend. A legend. Right. Very Dick old. Van Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yep, he Wait, died. What? American actor, comedian, writer, singer, dancer, award-winning career. Seven decades in Broadway. He was on Broadway and Bye Bye Birdie. TV, of course, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Diagnosis, murder in the films. Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I want to say that he won a five Emmys, a Tony, and a Grammy. Dick Van Dyke. I heard he got. I heard he got murdered. Yeah. Got murdered. Yeah. It was. He got shot. Diagnosed because of the TV show he did. No, he got shot. It was a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What a career he had. And you know, what a personal thing. I saw him at the Lexus dealership in Thousand Oaks. Did you see his he balls? Was just, <laughs> <laughs> he was just the way you would hope he would be. Very friendly. He tripped over an ottoman. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> tripped only once out of every five times walking into the dealer room would he fall over the ottoman. 
<laughs> Dick Van Dyke dead at 94. God, I almost wow. forgot about that that legend. Thank you for not allowing me to forget about. Yeah, Dick. Don't worry, bud. I got your I got your back. All right. Well, uh, let's move into uh, some top five. Want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five ocean movies. Now, are we going to have trouble defining terms? I don't think so. I don't think so. You go first. I'm going to go first. All right. Well, since you already stole my Ocean's Eleven, and I'm assuming we agree on number one, we're going to both say Waterworld. No. Okay. No, I have a million of them, Robert. I got a million of them. Okay. (laughs) What do you got? What's your number five? Learning from you, I went out of my way. I wanted to include a documentary. Wait, wait, wait. Before and, you do, yeah. are we going to overlap? One on one. It's my number two choice, but I think that's the only one that we, there's a good chance that you'll also include it. Because I know it, you're also fond of this movie. It might be my number one then. We'll see. All right, go ahead. What do you got? Does your number one have the word the in front of it? No. Oh, mine did. Well, then we're not overlapping. Okay. My number five, a documentary, 1966. That's right, Endless Summer. Uh, we spoke about this. But I remember, Robert. I would have said 69, ago. by the way. I would have said I would have been wrong. I would have been off by oh, about I didn't three play years. the year game with you. Yeah, it was 66. Yeah. I'm being honest, I said, though. I would have been off by about three years. Look how honest and noble you are. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have said 65. One year off now. I doubt it. But at any rate, documentary. And again, I remember a couple years ago, Robert, you said there's actually a film – a documentary on serving that's just a little bit better. Do you remember that? But you felt writing like giants. Still, yes. Yeah. But this is still, I think, the definitive one. The yeah, music, for sure. Bruce Brown, the filmmaker, and I just love the cinematography, the theme, everything about it. Endless summer. That's my number five ocean nice. movie. My number five is a movie from. Oh wait, we're gonna. Oh, I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna overlap on another one. Uh, we'll yes. See. Let me just interrupt you. I'm interrupting you. Is one of your five um, in from in 2013? Yeah, yeah. I know. We spoke very. Go go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Talk. My number five is a movie from 1962, and um, I'm not. I think you've seen it, but uh, we haven't really talked about it on this movie on this podcast. But from 1962, really strong movie, featuring. A, a famous actor now, but in his one of his earlier films, 1962's Billy Budd. Oh. Have you seen Billy Budd? No, no. You haven't no. seen that? Are you kidding? Oh, my God, no. Do you know the premise of Billy Budd? <laughs> Tell us. Is that- it's based on a Herman Melville. Uh, court Martial. Court Martial? Right. No? Yeah, so Billy yeah. Billy Budd is a, um, he's a, like a, uh, a, a sea hand or whatever he's a, a, a shipmate or whatever he gets uh, pulled off of a um, a ship and he's like everybody's favorite sailor on the ship and in this um, military uh, boat comes by and they are able to take off certain um, crew members to work in the military with them and they just kind of grab him and basically kidnap him and say you're going to work with us now and when he does, everybody's on this new ship loves him. He's like everybody's favorite, except for the um, like the first mate who's uh, in charge of all the crew. And he's got to end for Billy Bud because he's like a total uh, asshole, and he's just always like riding Billy Bud's ass. And he 
accuses Billy Budd of committing this crime that Billy Budd didn't do. And Billy Budd is angry with him and he strikes him, he hits him. He just kind of loses his own mind for a minute and he winds up hitting him and the first mate falls over and dies. And now the captain of the ship has to um, basically court-martial Billy Budd and the punishment is uh, is is to be hung, and so this this whole the whole crew is about to mutiny and you know kill the the captain because of this. Everybody loves Billy Bud so much, and it's a really interesting kind of. Um, I, I, what do you say about this? Like a you know, it's a, it's an interesting kind of problem where the captain knows what the right thing to do mm. is, and mm-hmm. and yet he still has to carry through with the orders. Mm-hmm. But Peter Ustinov is in it, and it's um, oh, what's his name's first movie? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Um, Terrence, uh, what's his name? Terrence Stamp. No, Stamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his first nice. movie. Yeah. Is he still around, Terrence Stamp? Yeah, he's still around. Yeah. Nice choice. My number four. Yeah, what you got? This is the one where I think we're going to overlap, and here's my question for you. You ready? Yeah. Does the movie that I think we're going to overlap on, does that movie star someone who we associate with Sundance? Yes. <laughs> is that your number four? It's my number. It's higher for you, isn't it? It's yeah, much it's... higher for you. Yeah. So, see, we probably have one or two. It's my one number one. Two. Yeah, it's number one. I love it. All is lost. All is lost. Robert, we spoke about it very briefly, you and I, about one or two years ago. And uh, 2000, well, you know, the year 2013, Robert Redford stars in this film. And it's a minimalist film with virtually no dialogue. Uh, he's at sea. And I want to say it's a terrible title. I would agree. I actually went out of my way to think about, oh my God, that Robert Redford film where he's at sea. He's lost. What's the? And I couldn't think of the name of it. I couldn't think of the name of it. It's a terrible title. All is lost. And you know what else? Even the movie itself got lost. It got lost. Mm-hmm. It wasn't appreciated. Yeah. And I thought it was just great filmmaking. And Robert Redford was really, really good in this with an incredible performance. He's the only actor in this film. And uh, and it was made for eight million dollars, which is quite inexpensive. And obviously, because it was shot at sea with one actor, uh, all is lost. That's my number four. It's a great film. I'm really glad. I'm really glad we overlap on that. And, you know, it you it's so interesting to see his situation go from bad to worse to worse to worse. And he does everything right. Like he doesn't really fuck up. It's. Uh, just a shit circumstance that happens to him, and it's uh, it's an incredible film. I, I'll talk about it again a little bit more in a minute. But yes, I want you to that last shot too with his reaching up his hand. I think yeah. we just it's just it's 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 a gem, and it was not appreciated. It was not appreciated for some reason. And I think it's Robert Redford's finest work. I really do. I and agree. Robert Redford's turned in some great performances. Yeah, even better than Old Man with a Gun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, My number four. Go. From 1989, yes. Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, no, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. I kind wait of a like second. Weekend There's, at Bernie's. Wait, they're at the, wait, were they at the, what's the deal there? They were at the beach? They were at the beach, yeah. And they yeah, go, they're, at the, uh, they're, they're at the beach the whole time. You're right. You're and they right. go down and they're, they're, they go skiing with him. Remember, there's this great scene where they're, uh, everybody thinks that Bernie is skiing and he's yeah, actually yeah. dead. He's like tied up on the back of the boat. And, uh, you know, they, the, Jonathan Silverman is hilarious in this movie. 
Yeah. I, and I know this movie gets a, a lot of bad, uh, you know, bad comments and gets a bad rap, but I, I really like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nice. My little guilty pleasure. What do you got? What's, your number, what's your number three? Also 1989. So it's the same year as yours. Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> no. No, but I'll give you a big hint. Uh, it was uh, an Australian thriller. Uh, oh, Dead Calm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Dead Calm. I love that film mm-hmm. with Sam Neill, Nicole Kidman, and right. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Yeah. And I thought the cinematography, everything about it was really just a, a riveting thriller. Yeah. Uh, Dead Calm is my number three. That's nice. My number three is from 2003, Master and Commander. Have you seen this? Ah, I never saw it, no. It's a really interesting, I mean, it's it's a very realistic approach on what it would be like to be on these um, on these ships back in like the late 1800s, kind of playing these cat and mouse games, especially in the, you know, these around these islands and how they, how they go to war with each other and are trying to basically attack one one another and get away it's very much kind of like dog fights are with um you know in, in in the air force and the you know world war ii battles and things like that where they're and even vietnam and and more recently even to the cold war these kind of top gun dog fight air battles but this was done in the navy back in the late 1800s early 1900s it's really really interesting i've heard a lot of good things about that movie i know people yeah, loved great. it yeah. Nice, nice. My number two was also 19, what, 1989. This is the third film we're, that year. Mm-hmm. It's quite a year for oceans, ocean movies. Um, all right, here you go. Here's your hint. Directed by James Cameron. Oh, was this the one the, where they go down and the, yeah, the little yeah. silver blob yeah. comes up? What's that yeah. called? Uh, I can't think of the name of it. That's right, The Abyss. So like, oh, okay, Abyss, Abyss. Is that the one you were thinking of? Yeah, yeah that was it, but, yeah. With Ed Harris, and I just thought that was, I thought it was a really compelling. With the salt water that film. came up and yes, yes, formed yes, his yes, face. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, the whole third act, it could have been really goofy with the aliens mm-hmm. suddenly, mm-hmm. but I bought into it. I yeah, was, it was on kind, that It was ride. almost beautiful. It, yes. You know that famous scene, you mm-hmm. know, with the, the, that way it's shot. In the, 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 was it? Ed Harris has done really interesting movies. He's an yeah. interesting guy, that Ed Harris. He was in Enemy at the Gates, which you should see. Oh, I do need to see that one. Yeah. So um, I just like The Abyss a real lot, and I'm putting that down as my number two. Okay. My number two is a movie that you have not seen. Um, yeah. Well, I know you haven't seen it because uh, we've never talked about it. It's a short film, and it's a it's directed by an Australian about a Russian submarine. Um, it's from 2009. It's called Deeper Than Yesterday. And it's a really cool film about these Russians that have been down in this submarine for like three months. And they're going stir crazy. They're all losing their minds. And they come in contact with, I think, like a, a boat or something. Somehow or another, they periscope up and they see that there's um, there there's someone that's up above, like on the surface. So they surface up. They come up. For air and there's a woman and they bring this woman down into the into the submarine and there's you know several Russian guys that have been at sea for several months and they're like let's rape her and everyone else is 
you know, like, yeah, 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 we're raper. And there's one guy that's like, no, we're, we're better than this. And it's a really interesting, again, kind of this, uh, you know, problem that's facing them. You have all of these crew members. It's almost the exact opposite of Billy Bud, where the entire crew wants to do this mm-hmm. thing that is awful. And you've got one guy going, no, we can't do this. And this is this is wrong. And this is what society you know, the benefits of society and, and, and why we're part of society and, and you're turning us to more savage ideas. And it's a really kind of interesting take on what, where are we as humans and, and what, wh- at what point do we become more savage-like and when do we become more uh, societal? Wow. wow. Cool, a cool little savage. problem and uh, a great film. Uh, I shouldn't say cool problem, but it's an interesting problem. <laughs> an interesting problem. And you're right. I never saw it. Oh, you, oh, you didn't see it? You didn't see Deeper Than Yesterday? No. no. Yeah, I know you didn't. You're surp- he's surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only that, I never heard of it. Yeah. I think it's available well, on YouTube if you ever want to check it out. Deeper Than Yesterday. Yeah. Nice. For my number one, Robert, I, I went with the obvious. I, you know, we often try to think out of the box, come up with novel you know, films and so. But I well, you told me it has I, the how? I mean, it's <laughs> the Jaws. Really? Yeah, that is my number. The one. Jaws. Why do you do that? The Jaws. Nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> how could I not have put that down? But you know, it's Spielberg and obviously with uh, Roy Scheider and, and Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfuss. All three of them were at the top of their game in that film. Yeah, they really and that's were. a movie that falls in a category for me that. I always forget how good it is until I start watching it again. Do you know what I mean? Certain movies yeah. for me fall in that category. And I start and thought, this is really a fucking great movie. And I forget that uh, because it was a summer blockbuster and blah, blah, blah. But the character development of these three people was so good. And everything about that film and the, the obviously the music and so on that how could I not have put that down as my number one ocean movie? 1975, Jaws. The Jaws. The Jaws. <laughs> Tell us more about the number one. I want to hear more about what you have to say about All is Lost. Uh, I think I've already said everything I need to say I about know. it. But it's if you haven't seen All is Lost, oh my gosh, it's such a great, interesting film that I, it, it will, it's got this, this kind of almost spiritual undertone to it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite sequences in the movie is there's when okay so we, we should kind of set up the premise if you haven't seen the film it begins the movie opens with uh robert redford on a sailboat and his boat he's like taking a nap down below he's the only one on his sailboat and it's just a you know a one-man boat and he has run into a like a tank what do you call it like a cargo container that's fallen off a, a you know a, a big uh not a cruise ship but what do you call those like the anyway the the big cargo ships right right so it's torn a big hole in his sailboat and he's got to repair it and this hole gets worse and worse and his boat is starting to sink and he's just got all these issues with it there's a certain point where he runs down into into the boat and he uh into his bottom of his sailboat and he pulls out this box and it's this wooden box and you think oh my gosh this must be something that's really special and this is going to be like the macguffin this is going to be the thing that he saves as his boat is starting to sink and he's like well you know i really i want to find out what's inside this box and he's holding on to it and you're going oh wow what's in it and he opens it up and it's like a radio kit in order for him to communicate better and you're like 
oh, that's not at all what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be something special. I thought it was going to be this, you know, his daughter gave him this special gift or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's yeah. not that at all. It's totally practical. It's absolutely what he would have done. And it's it's a really a very realistic film about this, again, another problem that our main character encounters. Yeah. It was a great movie. And again, the Academy ignored it. You know, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for that movie. He didn't win. But um, it's, it's... It's a shame. He, he really did a great job. Yes. It's a good one. Yes. And again, I know I said this, but the title is so bad that... And I was thinking, God, what's that Robert Redford movie where he's stuck in the ocean where he... And <laughs> it should I be called that Robert, Robert Redford movie. The bad Robert Redford. <laughs> Robert in the ocean. I should have... I had to go to Robert Redford movies and Google mm -hmm. that to finally yeah. get the title. That right. was the only way I could secure the Awful title. title. But yeah, it's agree. really nice. Now I'm feeling that you gave his number one. I gave him my number four. Maybe I should do some last minute juggling. No, it's too mm -hmm. late. Too late now. Yeah, too, late. too late now. That's the top five. Scoops, what do you have? Uh, Blue Crush, the surfing movie. Yeah, yeah. White White Squall, the uh, sailing movie where they all go out, all the boys are going out with that. Was it Jeff Bridges, I think, was on that? Mm. Um, Into the Blue, that was the, uh, the treasure hunting movie with... Uh, um, Oh, what's his name and what's her name? And uh, he's dead now. He's from the Fear, Fast and Furious movies. Paul Walker. That's oh, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Open Water. Remember where the, that was based on the true story? Yeah, you got yes. that? Um, Mutiny on the Bounty. Deepwater mm. Horizon. Did you see Deepwater Horizon? No. This was, it was about the, uh, again, true story. The and This is a Mark Wahlberg movie where they're stuck out on the oil rig and it blows up and they're, um, do you remember this, the Deepwater Horizon out in the, the Gulf of Mexico where all the the oil plug had some problems and it actually blew up the entire right. oil rig and oil spilled right. everywhere? Sure. This was the movie that was based on that. It was a really good got movie. Got it. Got it. I just narrowly missed my top five. What do you got? A, a couple of years ago, Robert, weren't you saying something about a, like a boat race in the ocean, and this one guy who cheated. Oh yeah! So look, I, look, I, I just think this it. right now. I'm just, and it was so compelling. It's called the way deep you water. It. It's called deep water. Yeah. Not to be confused with open water. Yeah, and wasn't there? And there's a whole other third of what happens where he, what does he do? He gets. He lies because he gets himself into a predicament yes. where he has to yes. sail around the world. No, he, he can't quit. That's what it is. And he, if he quits, his family is ruined financially. Again, true story. Uh, Crowhurst. I think his name was like Donald Crowhurst or something like that. Anyway, he, um, he had like a really peculiar name. But he gets in this financial situation where he has to do it. He can't back out. And so he leaves on the very last possible day of eligibility. And his boat is not quite seaworthy. And he gets out towards the... Um, uh, Cape Horn, and he starts to realize if he goes further, his boat's going to sink. So he just lies, and he says that he lost radio transmission, and he's like sailing around, but he's, you're not supposed to stop anywhere, and he starts stopping all over the place, and he goes to South America, and he's going ashore and hanging out for a long time, and he doesn't want to win. He just doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want to have to be on the hook for the finances of the boat, and then... right. As everybody else is completing this race, he's going to slip in and become like fourth or fifth and no big deal. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to notice um, that he kind of slipped in at the last minute. But he had kind of faked his own death for a little while. and Everybody presumed he was dead. And then slowly, as everybody else was coming around to the finish line, um, 
like one person's boat suddenly sank and then another person just veered off and said i don't want to keep going i i don't want to i don't want to end i want to keep going he kept sailing and so he never completed the race and it was really weird it was like you're gonna win now and he didn't want to win and so uh, it really put him in this deep water he had, he was in deep water so uh i, think I remember that from a couple of years ago when you mentioned the storyline yeah it's a great great story and it's a, an incredible film would you have put that in your top five if you? Yeah, maybe probably. Remember? Probably. Ah, forgot Too about it. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> Some scoops I've got. I went for a few obvious things like Poseidon Adventure, the original one. Lifeboat, Hitchcock's Lifeboat, would be an interesting ocean movie. Uh, Thunderball, that James Bond movie, had a lot of really cool underwater. Oh scenes. right, yeah. It was really, you know, I have open water also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, um, with uh, with Kirk Douglas. Captain yeah. Nemo? Yeah. Yeah. Nemo? Yeah. Wait, was he Captain Nemo? Wasn't he? Yeah, that was Captain Nemo. Yeah, he was Captain Nemo. Who else was in that film? James Mason, right? Big Octopus. Yeah, remember the Big Octopus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw our hero in the striped shirt. Anyway, that was a Disney movie. So that, um, do you, are you familiar with a movie called Sphere? Sphere? Yeah, of course, Sphere. What, a, what with Dustin Hoffman, and that was Sharon Stone again, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I think so. It was Sharon what an it's a quirky film isn't it i haven't it's seen different. it in so long i can't remember yeah. very much about it yeah so a lot of that takes place in the water under the uh, water in the ocean the perfect storm and castaway so mm. those are the ones that i came up with for my scoops great well Woo! ira yeah yeah what another one in the bag man yeah. who did it ah yeah miss my buddy yeah when are you coming home to me uh, I guess next week. <laughs> we should point out that if anybody uh, has some ocean films Which that we didn't do. mention, you know what they can do? They yeah. can reach out to what us else? and send us an email. How? How? Well, Where? Our email is robert at antiwaypodcast.com or... And slash or ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at antiwavepod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Yeah, just like the U-boat just, torpedoes, just like we are all I over the place. It's torpedoes back in, yeah. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Just go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Hey, Ira, yeah. what movie yeah. are we going to watch next week? Well, something special is going on next week, huh? Yeah, you got a birthday. Another one. You Another get to choose. One. So we're doing something kind of special, and uh, therefore we're going to do either The Great Escape or The Graduate. No, just kidding. We've done, that, so we've done that. Deliverance. Did we do The Great Escape? I don't think we've done The Great Escape. We didn't. Save it for next year. We'll do Deliverance. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. You already said we're going to do Deliverance. I'm not allowed to change. It's my birthday. It is your birthday. All right, deliverance it is. All right, we'll save great escape next, for next year. year. Next year, the next if I I should live so long, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, next week we'll watch the deliverance. Uh, in case anybody's listening to the show that hasn't been with us before, everybody uh, every, once a year on your birthday, you choose the film. It could be old, it could be new, it could be whatever film you want to pick. And uh, I would pick deliverance, so we'll be watching that. Uh, so if you haven't seen deliverance, watch it, and you can uh, review it with us next week. Yes. Ira, let's give producer Joey a round of applause. She did a great job. All right. She actually worked up a game for us. We didn't play this week. We have a game? Nah, not not, not this week. We'll we'll put it in for next week. Um, And I think that about does it, doesn't it? 
I miss it, buddy. Get home, get home safe. Yeah, sure will. We'll be back get together home. next week. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Hold, we'll hold hands and penises. Mm, I like that. <laughs> All right. Until then, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. You're going to have to trust me on this one. It does have the word the in front of it. Mm-hmm.